This is Co-Pilots, the podcast where we talk about whatever we want to, because it's an interstitial episode! Yeah, baby! No stupid set bullshit. We get to do whatever. You know, it's really nice. I mean, we only have like three sentences of script in the entire podcast ever. Yeah. But it's really nice when I don't have to try to remember those because my memory is garbage. Every time. Every time I have to remind him. Uh, well, it's either you have to remind me or I have to spend like a minute like meditating with my eyes closed like, welcome to Copilot. Like, when he meditates, he also gets part of it wrong though. No, I've nailed the last two without any help. Congratulations. We're fucking 30 something now, man. I think we're approaching episode 40 of the reviews. We're doing great. Yeah. That was interstitial. That means we talk about things that are happening, doing. Things in between stuff? We've also launched our holiday schedule, uh, starting with the October Halloween stuff. We going... did. We did a fright flight for Halloween. And we did a hor- we just did a horror or sci-fi horror for for October mm-hmm. to, to celebrate Halloween. Then we had- gun... Sci-fi the channel, not sci-fi the genre. And then we had our bonfire night episode. Or Guy Fox Day, your choice. And our next episode is the only non-holiday episode before January. Yeah, because we already did the obligatory November holiday special. Yeah, there's no Thanksgiving shows. There's Thanksgiving episodes. And Thanksgiving movies, I guess. And there's a giant Thanksgiving crossover between, like, the Beverly Hills Hillbillies and, like, two other shows that are, like, part of their same cinematic universe together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I only know about this because of Quentin Reviews. A very, very good YouTube channel that everybody... A fantastic YouTube channel. God, he makes the best content. If you want to watch five and a half hours or more of somebody dissecting a Nickelodeon show, this is your man, Quentin Reviews. You can find his channel by just searching Quentin Reviews, Q-U-I-N-T-O-N, Reviews. Or if you go to Copilot's Review and then go to the channels that we follow and we subscribe to, you can find him there too because he's fucking amazing. We'll probably link him in the show notes too because we're talking about him. Yeah. But yeah. He ma- does in-depth reviews of so many... The shows The shows aren't good, but the reviews are fantastic. Hey, fuck you. iCarly is great. The first half of iCarly is good. iCarly's individual episodes are fantastic. Mm, the first half, yes. The ones I remember. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> the ones people remember are either really bad or really good. That's how things work out. Yeah. Why well, you don't remember the back half of iCarly at all because it's not he, worth remembering. He's currently doing a probably it's actually going to be over a year long project because he took all year to do iCarly and Victorious and then and he's still not done with the Victorious one. And we still got Sam and Cat. He's doing the entire iCarly universe. That means he has to cover Drake and Josh. Yeah, I think he's just doing the shows that like have direct tie in to iCarly, which are iCarly, Victorious, and Salmon Cat. Maybe Drake and Josh. <laughs> uh, maybe, but I doubt it. I very much doubt it. I think he's just sticking to those three. Anyways, the Victorious video just came out. It's five and a half hours long, and there's still a part two coming. And I've already watched it twice. Part two? It's not out yet. The, of the, the first part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Blazeball's back. I have kept up with nothing of it since it came back. I haven't logged into Bla- my Blazeball account in like two and a half to three months, which is sad because I used to love Blazeball, but like they were just gone long enough for me to stop caring. I say while wearing a baseball hoodie. Yeah, see, I was vaguely interested to begin with. And I was like, okay, I can keep up with this sometimes. Occasionally check like once a month. And then they just stopped doing stuff. So I never needed to check ever again. Yeah. They did just release uh, the game band. The company, the game band, the company that develops and produces baseball, did just release their first full length video game title, though. It's called Where the Cards Fall. It's a puzzle game. By the title alone, I was like, mm, I'm going to be interested in this, aren't I? And then I was like, oh, less interesting because it's a platformer puzzler. Oh, you hate platformers. Yeah. Apparently the story is really good, though. So 
I have no clue. I had literally no idea about it. Hmm. It's on the Switch, and it's on Steam, and I don't know if it's on anywhere else. Yeah, I have no clue. I went and looked it up on Steam because I was like, ooh, Game Man actually released a game other than Blazeball. It's cool. I would love to go support support them. Blazeball is great. And I looked at it, and I was like, ah, oh, but it is a platformer. I was what like, what shall I do now? $20 isn't a lot, but it's a lot for a game I know I'm going to hate. Which, to be fair, I just, I shouldn't be like that anymore. I used to think I hated an entire genre of games. Man, like, I really hate roguelites. Man, I like so many roguelikes. Yeah, it, that's Josh. There's too many good roguelikes out there now. Like, I, the genre was garbage. And I think a lot of, the reason why I didn't like roguelikes is because a lot of early roguelikes, or a lot of the roguelikes I've been exposed to in the past, are also Metroidvanias. Yeah, I guess, that makes a bit of sense. And Metroidvanias, by their very nature, are, are platformers without, like, a map to guide you. And um, I don't have a memory. <laughs> that is very true. So, like, remembering where I need to go in a map is, like, the worst if I don't have a map. I mean, you know, though, most of the time it's up and right. Not when you're trying to, like, find hidden stuff. Or, like, you get a new ability, so you need to go back and, like, go to the stuff that you need to unlock. I don't remember where that stuff is. <laughs> like... How am I supposed to remember where that stuff is? By having a memory far superior to that of the person that Adam Sandler stalks in 50 First States. That movie's weird. Yeah. But like, when I play Minecraft with friends and stuff, I have to have a notebook so I can like write down coordinates for interesting things I find because I will never find them again. In fact, if I go like 50 blocks from my house, there's a good chance I won't find my house again if I don't have the coordinates for it. That like, is sad. It's just gone. The stuff just, it's gone. Terrible. Like I'm really good at directions in real life. Like if you tell me how to get somewhere, my brain's like, okay, yeah. But in a video game, it's just like, ooh, what's over there? That is sad. That is very, very sad. I don't have the ooh, what's over there trigger in real life. Like In real life, it's, oh, it's more shit. That's what's over there. Fuck. I don't want to go anywhere but where I'm trying to go. God damn it, why? <laughs> yeah, whereas in a video game, there's too much interesting stuff going on. And because in a video game, when you see something, it's like, ooh, that's shiny. I can go steal it. And Ralph, it's like, ooh, that's shiny. I could go steal it. And then get in trouble and go to jail. And it's a huge thing. You can't charge me in the present for future crimes. Not yet. Not yet. We'll get there. So while we're talking about video games, I'm streaming again. Are you? I'm proud of you. It's the most sporadic thing ever. I'm actually back to my schedule, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Sunday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Sundays could be a little earlier, depending on if I work or not. But I'm, I'm actually sticking to the schedule right now, and it's it's going. But, like, it's the most sporadic thing. In, like, another month and a half, I won't be streaming again. A hundred percent. It's just, I'm back to it for now. But because I'm back to it, Wednesdays are Weeb Wednesdays. I play Japanese-based games, anime stuff. And Square Enix has released a bunch of new games. Well, two new games. And a third one coming out in, like, February. That they have. They're really interesting. He's like, okay, so the first release was called Dungeon Encounters. And it's, like, the most bare bones, like... And it's this whole entire, like, dating Viznov live sim game, Dungeon Encounters. So, what it is, is you swipe left or right on this... I, I don't know where I'm going with this. Dungeon Encounters just sounded like a shitty adventurers like dating app continue you would play it though i would i like monster prom and shit like that it, it depends really on the humor and writing because like monster prom is only good because it has humor and writing so dungeon encounters is in fact more like a, it's an rpg where you move across a grid and you get into stereotypical um, jrpg combats and you explore this dungeon and you need to go down 100 floors to finish the dungeon and win and i've watched that anime continue yeah, except when I watched that anime, they 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 were going up and they skipped like a hundred plus floors. Oh no 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 no! I've watched that anime. I've also watched that anime again and again. 
But I don't think I've ever watched that anime, and they've never skipped the floors going down or up, no matter which direction. Yeah, like, they always skip floors, and the games never let me. Yeah, they just skip a whole bunch of floors. But Dungeon Encounters, I don't think you can skip a whole bunch of floors. So but you're it's just, not the main character. It's just a straight up like JRPG grind. And that's interesting to me. I like grindy games, but on the other side... They One really... would argue that platforming is a grind. Not one that feels rewarding. <laughs> see, just let me explain something to you. In a, a game... in a JRPG, when you grind, you, you see those numbers go up, and that's rewarding, whereas in a platform, it's like, I landed on the platform that I feel like I've, I've seen this platform for the last hour. I just haven't been able to touch it. Well, Yay. I, I was going to go off on a complete tangent because there's this game called Adventure Capitalist, which is also incredibly grindy, but it's literally... Ooh. It's Adventure Capitalist is literally Ooh. just... Watch the number goes up simulator. And I hate it. And I have lost hours to that game and that game doesn't deserve hours of anybody's life it's like a one out of ten maybe a one and a half out of ten as far as video games go it's barely a video game but like watching the numbers go up makes me feel better about my life and i don't know why it's also why i like this guy because the numbers just keep going up forever <laughs> but square enix had another game as well yes it's the called, one that you've been playing it's called voice of cards and i'm four chapters into the game i don't know how many chapters there are i'm roughly four and a half five hours into the game it's about 14 hours of a game so about a third of the way through and the entire premise of the game is everything is cards which from a guy who really likes cards i feel like that's your entire draw that was the entire thing that pulled you into the game you're like oh shit it's all cards look there's two things i like and they're called cards and tournament arcs and that's why i watched Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> and duel masters i didn't get into duel masters you watched duel masters i tried but i did not get into duel masters why yeah. didn't you watch Tiafuru? It's all about cards and tournament arcs. I would have, but you watched it while I was at work. But yeah, so cards and tournament arcs, my favorite things. And this game is entirely cards. The world map is cards. The character equipment is cards. The characters are cards. The monsters are cards. And like the video game takes place on a table and it's all like narrated by a character who's called the dungeon master or the game master. I don't remember which. And Probably game master because Dungeons and Dragons tries to be pretty in control of the dungeon master term. The map all starts with a bunch of cards flipped face down. And as you adventure, you flip cards face up to reveal new pieces of land and map and... It's all very, very fun, but it's all very stereotypical JRPG because if it wasn't for the fact that everything is cards, this could be any other JRPG. The story is really good, though, so far. The first three chapters had me like, man, this game is hilarious. I fucking love it. Like, if this was 100 hours of RPG, I would hate this. The comedy would kill me by that point. But 14 hours, 15 hours, yeah, this is amazing. I love it. And then chapter four was like, hey, remember, remember how we were funny? Not anymore. Your favorite friend is now dying of poison. Funny. What's funny? What's funny? What's funny? And this village is essentially cannibals. And you're like, oh. Oh. So village is essentially cannibals. My best friend who is a giant doggo is now poisoned and dying. And then the game was like, oh yeah, also um, the village you go to just filled with sexy men wearing barely any clothes. And I was like, hmm, wild. This game hit me in the fills, and then it was just like, look at all these guys' packages. Look at the bulge. Look at it. And then the game was like, does it make you feel better? Does it? It makes us feel better. It's it's a wild ride. It's Voice of Cards, Isle of Roar of Dragons. I'll, I don't remember. I don't remember what the subtitle was, but it's called Voice of Cards. The game is amazing so far. It's on Switch, PlayStation, PC, and that's it. It's not on Xbox. Weird. No, Sucks no. to be them. Imagine buying an Xbox <laughs> when you know that all the great, like, I, I want to say exclusives, but they're not even exclusives anymore. Like, all of these games are just like, no. Yeah. That would suck. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Voice of Cards. Very good game so far. I, I've been loving it. 
And speaking of games that are cards, I have one other piece of video game news from my end. And if you're doing anything, if you've been doing anything video gaming, you can take over. But um, I finally beat Slay the Spire. I know you did. I, I know. I finally beat Slay the Spire. Yeah. Yeah. I believe I was watching something. We were both watching something. It yeah. was. I was about to say, like, but I was the one watching something because you, you were busy playing Slay the Spire. It was something we both watched. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. Might have been wrestling. No. I was too invested in it for it to be wrestling. Fair. I don't remember. We were watching something, which I don't remember, because I was playing Slay the Spire, and uh, Slay the Spire is very good. The next thing I know, what I'm watching is paused, and all I get is, I just, I did it. I I fucking did it. I I, I beat the heart. And I was like, what? Oh. Yeah, I I beat the heart. I beat Slay the Spire. I finally beat it. And I was like, yay. Can you unpause? No, 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 no. He had to go on for five more minutes about how he beat Slay the Spire before I could finish watching whatever it was I was. Look, Slay the Spire, very good game. I've only been playing it for like two years. I'm very excited that I finally beat it. Have Maybe you... if you had just been better, you would have beat it sooner. Nah, dude. Slay the Spire is a hard game. Uh, and yeah, it's I've also beat it's, it. it's also a little bit luck based. Also, have you been playing any video games, or do you just hate yourself? I played Minecraft recently. Yeah, that's new for you. Yeah. We we did dive back into Borderlands three a little bit. That too. That Can doesn't that doesn't bear talking about that much. See, I've played games. I've played some Borderlands and some Minecraft. So, what do you do with your life if you're not playing video games? Read. I mean, what are you reading? Random manga anything good no not really you know we got a podcast to fill and you're really not contributing here nothing really bad either it's just that's what i've been doing i also watched a show though okay i've also been watching our show speaking of cards are you wondering how i'm gonna tie wrestling into cards yes yes i am oh you you know i was gonna talk about the show i've been watching because apparently i need to talk more and invest more into this podcast (laughs) you see a list of matches for an event is called a card. Y- you get it? Okay, anyways, sorry. What what have you been watching? Oh, I watched Inside Job, which is a uh, animated show on Netflix. Yeah, I watched the first episode. By it, it gave me a lot of like Gravity Falls feels. But like I think her I think the name is Shion Takakuchi. I I don't know. I didn't look it up, but I'm looking it up now. And Alex Hirsch is involved, the guy who did make Gravity Falls. That might be why the first episode felt very gravity fallsy. Yeah, he also does a voice for at least one character and his I assume he did some of the background voices because of course he does that on everything he's been involved in. But it is very much Gravity Falls ask with I guess technically. Some people are gonna say very good Morty vibes, but I actually don't get a lot. It's just because it's more adult humor. But it's, it's not very Rick and Morty. It's not so it's like silly, gravity, all over the place humor, which is very much what Rick and Morty is. So it's is. like Gravity Falls, mm-hmm. a little more adult. And it has lot, Christian Slater a, in it. A lot more adult. And it has Christian Slater in it. And it does have a little bit of Rick and Morty vibes, but only like the fact that her dad is like... Christian Slater? No, he is literally just playing Mr. Robot from Mr. Robot. He's against the government and kind of a shitty parent. Yeah, except... Which matches, because it's voiced by Christian Slater. So, I win this round. Fuck you. I'm not making this at all Rick and Morty based. Yeah, no, so, I got a little bit of Rick and Morty vibes from the first episode, but, like, 100% I agree that it's not Rick and Morty vibes. Like, it was just something about, like, the first five minutes. That- yeah, I got you. It's also because you saw the giant iridescent collared mushroom men. Mm-hmm. Honestly, by the time, the end of the first episode and the part of that other episode I caught, I was thinking more like Gravity Falls, but also Futurama. I would say it's definitely more Futurama than definitely rick and morty i i don't know it just feels kind of like its own thing because it, it's an adult cartoon with like better humor is there a new dexter show i'm sorry to interrupt you but yes like, dexter has started back up again it's like a five-year hiatus and dexter's back fucking wild so yeah through my understanding the basic of it is 
he ends up like he hasn't killed anyone in a very long time. He's trying to be clean. Okay. And then he's equivocally forced to kill someone, from my understanding. So just to clarify for the for, for, for you, the listener, the room we record in has a TV that we can both see. I can't. There's a mic in my way. There's a mic in most of my way, too. I just saw Dexter's character, and I was like, and I leaned around, and I was like, the fuck is that? But it, and when it's not showing stuff, it just cycles through, like, advertisements for upcoming shows. I believe it's shows. on HBO Max or Paramount Plus. I think it said stars. It might be that. I don't know. I don't remember. But what I remember is Dexter New Blood, and I was like, the fuck is Dexter New Blood? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, currently, it's advertising college basketball. Ooh, fun. Yeah. But, like, it just cycles through advertisements for new and upcoming shows and, like, deals that you can pay for. Basically, the, the screensaver is advertising. It's showtime. Hmm, showtime. I'm, okay. Also, there's a new version of Head of the Class, which is a show I'm only, I only vaguely remembered because of the newest Quentin reviews, and then the television told me there's a new version of Head of the Class. I have no idea what Head of the Class is. He mentions it in the Failure Victorious review that you watched, when he's talking about how there's eight people, and it's like, that seems like too much. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, Head of the Class had nine. Wait, I'm wrong, too, because I forgot to count the teacher, that bit there. I forgot about that bit. I remember <laughs> I remember the bit, I just didn't remember the show he mentioned in the yeah, bit. Yeah, Head of the Class. Because I don't know if I've said it yet in this episode, my memory is garbage. But yeah, Inside Job is about, the main character is a high up in a government that controls the deep state, which controls all the conspiracies, controls the government, is responsible for essentially controlling the world. And is head, headed by a council of shadow people. Yes. And her job is equivocally to just control things, do cover-ups, all that fun stuff. And she is the daughter of one of the founders of the company, which the company is called Cognito Inc. Clever pun. Mm-hmm. And her father has been let go after freaking the fuck out. And now he's extremely alcoholic and I think fun. I think you're skipping over a part there. Not only did he freak the fuck out, he was trying to cure skin cancer by destroying the sun. Yeah. You know, I had a science teacher. It and- fixes the problem of skin cancer. And yes, I know. The science teacher was just like, not part of curriculum at all, but like the last month of every school year you had for your science class, it was an entire section about skin cancer, why it's bad, why the sun is your enemy, why you should never go outside, but you should go outside because going outside is healthy, but never interact with the sun. The sun is your enemy. It is trying to kill you. God, it was like a two weeks. I had her... Between middle school and high school, I think I had her three times. I had her three times, not that much. And every time it was the sun is gonna the sun is going to kill you. It, she had a skin cancer scare. She mm-hmm. never actually had skin cancer, but it was apparently very common in her family though. Yeah, and ever since she's been on a the sun will kill you. Mm-hmm. Which I get, right. But also A little overboard on it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. On the upside now, every time I see a new freckle or mole, I panic and think I have skin cancer. <laughs> Thank you, teacher. Ingrained in your fucking brain. I'm, I'm laughing, but like a little bit. That's what my brain does. I'm like, oh, hey. I'm laughing, but I'm scared to death. I'm laughing, but it's because I'm traumatized. I laugh to hide the fear and sorrow. God, best part is some of our really close friends listen to the podcast and they're going to know exactly who we're talking about. <laughs> right. I've also been half watching. By half watch, I mean it's been in the background. I've been tuning in and out of the uh, whole Movies That Made Us series on Netflix. I've heard good things with the series. Yeah, yeah. It just I tune in and out depending on what movie it's talking about. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty enjoyable. I, I like documentaries and I like movies and TV shows. Who, who would have guessed? But... You know, so it's fun to learn about some of these, especially, like, obviously, a lot of the big blockbusters that they're covering, they cover because there's an interesting story behind it, which is most of the time, basically no fucking money, no one wanted to buy it. Oh, look, get fucked, this movie did really fucking well. 
Who would have guessed that you like to watch TV shows? I never, or movies. I never would have, it's almost like you made an entire podcast about it. Is that why there's this fucking mic here? What the fuck? Uh, only thing I've been watching regularly is wrestling. And the rookie. Oh, and the rookie, because the rookie's back. Yeah, but we've talked about that before. You know we love it. It's got Nate Philly, and it's dope. Yeah, like, honestly, this season has been the weakest out of all the seasons. Ain't uh, the best person to voice Hal Jordan in any DC animated series or movies. Honestly, if this season doesn't get better, I might drop off of this like I did The Good Doctor. I refuse. I like The Rookie. I love Nate Fillion. This season's just been really, really weak. It's been kind of middling, but it hasn't been actively bad like The Good Doctor was. That's fair. It's not like, when I watched The Good Doctor for like the last season I watched it, I was like, I legitimately hate the story that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And it's li- it's making me angry that we're supposed to like these characters who are obviously terrible people. The Rookie doesn't do that. I'm just like, oh yeah, this is a lot of like, meh. Huh, I just realized, that's a that's a lot of medical shows. You're supposed to like these horrible people. Nurse Jackie, House, House is mildly acceptable because Hugh Laurie has charisma. Except House as a character is not mildly acceptable in the slightest. Yeah, but... no, exactly, but like, some of his, like, yeah. below him doctors are, but like, not really. Like, Cameron kind of is to begin with, but then becomes a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, Grey's Anatomy is just filled with horrible people. If you don't mention Scrubs, I'm going to be like... I mean, Scrubs has horrible people. Like, JD's a horrible fucking person. Mm-hmm. So is Elliot. Like, every medical show I can think of that is a written medical show, not like a documentary thing. Yeah. yeah. We're supposed to like the characters, but they're all horrible people. Maybe the moral of the story here is that to work in the medical profession... You have to be a horrible person. Oh, uh, I thought the moral of the story here was the people writing for medical shows don't realize that the way they're supposed to characterize their characters is how they've been failing to characterize cops and cop procedurals. <laughs> yeah, except I, I don't know if this is still the case, but I know for a good long time, cop procedural shows were partially funded by, by like... By police. I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, I, get, I think it's easier to like... Okay, so in a medical drama, you don't really have straight up villains right like the villains are disease. yeah yeah, yeah. Like, it's very hard so if you want to add character drama or interpersonal drama it has to come between the people and because you don't want to bloat your cast too much you're keeping your cast very small so you're making well we don't want this person to be the horrible person every single time so we have to do this with that person and then we make them all end up being horrible fucking people whereas in like a police procedural there is a like obvious villain and an obvious character who's supposed to be the hero and in a perfect world these people would be the the villains and heroes and because it's a tv show we can pretend it is a perfect world or as close to perfect as we can get so every medical drama needs to be handled like osmosis joan or cells at work like we install the doctors but then we need to cut inside the body so we can see like some actual <laughs> villains and we're like okay we got our dose of villainy let's go back to some acceptable people god damn it i want to watch osmosis jones now <laughs> I've wanted to watch Osmosis Jones since a while ago. Ah, a stands the video uh, that we're doing an IMDb race. I finally watched, and Atrioc went to Osmosis Jones for some reason, and then made stands go to Osmosis Jones to try to get to the next person to get to the finish line for like who they were trying to get to an IMDb race. And he just told stands that he would figure it out if he watched the Osmosis Jones trailer. And now I've been wanting to watch it. Somebody made a joke about like asking what Osmosis was in a Twitch chat. And I was like, you mean who is Osmosis? Because I was making an Osmosis Jones joke. Mm-hmm. And after I made that joke, for the last like two months now, my brain's been like, you should watch Osmosis Jones. It's not a good movie, but you should totally watch it. Yeah. Probably going to watch it. <laughs> not tonight, but probably going to watch it. Also, another show that we both watched all of. 
And we told you we would, guys. Gunpowder. Oh, it's, yeah. We, it, it's, 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 like we said, it's three episodes. Watched the third episode. It was great. The ending is a little historically inaccurate, but yeah, it was pretty good. A little vaguely, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I also realized I'm just totally fine with Kit Harrington doing everything. Also, he's in The Eternals, and that excites me. I haven't watched that movie yet, but I forgot he was cast in it. And yeah. Like, but you know what doesn't excite me? The Eternals. He's wrong. It's okay. It's a Marvel movie. It has to excite you. You're contractually obligated to be excited. Is that how that works? Have you seen all the other Marvel movies other than Shang-Chi? The answer is yes. And that brings me to my next question. Don't you remember the, the contract you signed by blinking at the end of Endgame? Oh, I didn't blink at the end of Endgame. <laughs> yeah, you did. No, no. <laughs> I, I held my eyes open to avoid that, obviously. <laughs> I do that at the end of every Marvel movie. I know. Well, I've Disney. done that at the end of every Marvel movie since Disney has taken over because I honestly don't trust Disney. So whenever the credits, like just before the credits happen, I start holding my eyelids open. And because I'm staying for the after credit scene, my eyes are burning by the time I'm out of there. But I'm not agreeing to shit. <laughs> you know, I'm joking, obviously. But like... I'm not. That really feels like a thing in the <laughs> near future. Blink to agree. Blink to agree to the terms and services. I will remove my eyelids if that ever happens. My eyes are already damaged enough. The extra dust and shit that gets in there won't ruin me any faster. Other than that, though, the only thing I've been watching is wrestling, and wrestling's been good. Not WWE, can't speak for that. Not Impact, can't speak for that. But All Elite Wrestling, AEW, been very, very good. The Hangman Page storyline going great. If you don't know who that is, that's your fault, not mine. I can't wait to see Hangman Page and Kenny Omega go... Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega go at it on Saturday at Full Gear. If you don't know who, who either of those are, you're just not on the same Hangman Page as Josh. Also, CM Punk. I, I feel mean, like you didn't like my pun. Don't you like puns? I actually, like, was fine with it. Damn. Yeah, I was totally there. It was meant to be cringe because I don't like puns and I like to try to make bad puns to piss you off. The Darby Allen MJF feud is just amazing right now. And like mainly because MJF could carry like fucking anything. The dude is, he is as skilled on the mic as John Cena or, or The Rock maybe. The Rock's a push, but John Cena, he's up there. MJF is just so fucking good at the promos. The Halloween episode was very, very good. Two weeks ago now? Two weeks ago now. That sounds right. They had a Halloween episode of Dynamite. But the only match that had anything to do with Halloween... There was two, actually. Sorry. Um, but the the match that I'm, t- that I'm thinking of was the Elite versus the Dark Order. And they were in costumes. The Elite came out in Ghostbusters outfits. But apparently, they had to throw those together at the last minute. Because they had, another out- they had other outfit costumes planned. And then TNT was like, no, you can't do those costumes. So they had to shoot that scene twice, though, because they weren't sure if they were going to get the rights to Ghostbusters, right? So they were also tentatively going to be calling themselves the Ghost Breakers. But, you know, they eventually managed to get it all worked out with the same studio that owned He-Man. And thus were able to get used to the name Ghostbusters and so they could wear the Ghostbusters outfit, right? I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm assuming it's... Movies that made us. Ghost, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go- Ghostbusters was originally shooting everything that had the Ghostbusters like line in it. Like, if you could see the ter- Lord Ghostbusters, they were also shooting it with Ghostbreakers until they got tired of it, and they had this entire point where they had, like, 400 extras on set, and they were chanting Ghostbusters. So, supposedly, they called the studio, and was just like, fucking listen to this. Don't make us do this again. And the reason why they were doing that was um, the studio that owned the rights for, like, He-Man stuff also mm-hmm. had a show where it was, like, detect something, something detective and Ghostbusters. They yeah. hunted ghosts. And so they couldn't use the term Ghostbusters. So they were going to be Ghostbreakers, but they really wanted Ghostbusters because it sounded better. So it was tentative, but they, anytime they had Ghostbusters on screen, 
or it was said, they would have to redo that exact scene, but just replace Ghostbusters with Ghostbreakers. Wild. So for AEW, the more impressive part to me is the fact that they created a remix of the Elite's music with the Ghostbusters theme song, and their original outfit idea didn't get vetoed by TNT until the night of the show. Nice. So like the fact that they put together really good Ghostbusters, really they put together really good Ghostbusters costumes and a remixed intro in the span of a couple hours is insane. Originally they were gonna like wear Squid Games mm. outfits to the ring, and TNT was like, "No, you can't do that." Uh, no. But why? I assume it's because TNT uses Netflix as a direct competition to them. That would be my guess. Or they were like, no, your show is PG-13, Squid Games is TVMA, no, you can't do that. I guess TV-14, it's on TV, not PG-13. Those are the same thing. Eh. Yeah. Also, I think I'm sorry, you haven't mentioned, because since our last interstitial, because we didn't do it in October. Oh yeah, because I was sick. And then, and we, then did... we did Fright Flight. There's a new Spose album. Oh yeah, Spose double album came out. Get Richard Die Ryan. Fuck yeah, dude. Album's like the best thing Spose has ever released, front to back. Best album. God, it's so good. I'm gonna hype this album up, but like legit, I actually agree with him. Like it's probably Spose's best album. That see, it has probably the most variety and style too, but does it really, really well, and I enjoy that. Yeah. The, yes. Exactly. It has. A massive variety of music, a variety of styles, so many guest features, it's actually ridiculous, and it's all good. There's not a bad song on the fucking album, and it's insane. The songs that were my least favorite when they were singles have slowly grown on me to the point where, like, I have one of them stuck in my head right now, and I haven't been able to get it out for the last four hours. Nice. There's also been the new Ice Nine Kills album. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, it was definitely, Silver Screen Part 2 was definitely better than Silver Screen. That's a fact. Okay. In my opinion. Yeah, in my opinion as well, obviously. I wasn't a fan of the Silver Screen Part 1. I thought it was a little hokey. And so the last three albums of theirs have been essentially the same gimmick. Yes. Every trick in the book was let's write an entire album where each song is about a book. And then the Silver Screen was let's write an entire album where every song is about a horror movie. And the Silver Screen Part 2 is like let's write another album where every song is a horror movie. And initially the fear with everyone that I knew that really liked the band for mm-hmm. every trick in the book was I hope it's not too gimmicky. Like, I'm fine if they want to quote things or reference things, but don't do it horribly. And they, they didn't. They, they did it really, some, really there's well. There's some stuff in there that's a little cringe. Like, yeah. um, the people in the attic has has some cringy moments. You mean when they yes. reenact um, yeah. Hans Gruber lines from a fucking movie? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. It's got yeah. a little bit of cringe in there. But that's the cringiest part of the entire album, in my opinion. Yes. And then we get more of things like that. On Silver, Silver Screen Part Pro. 1, yeah. Yeah. The, he does the entire, like, it's not a, it's not pulled from the movie. It is a reenactment of the entire radio call from the ship in Jaws. Whereas the Silver Screen Part 2 still has a little bit of that going on. But not nearly as much. Like, especially in Hip to Be. Hip to Be Square. Yeah, Hip to Be Square has, like, a direct, it's not, it's not quotes because it's, it's been parodied and, like, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a parodization of Christian Bell's quote in american psycho about oh i can't remember which band it is the band who performs hip to be square obviously but instead they're talking about eyes nine kills in that i think form. it's huey lewis in the news i think so yeah which um yeah it's huey lewis in the news my, my only problem about the current uh, the eyes nine kills song is hip to be scared yeah hip to be scared and mm-hmm. um, my only real problem with this album is that uh the paraphrasing of christian bell's line from american psycho there is contradictory to what we're told at the beginning of the album because the album sets itself up as this is a recording of 
these songs that have never been released before by Nine Kills, they were taken as evidence for blah, 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 blah. And essentially, they're really, really old and have just never been released. Mm-hmm. But the- in Hip to be Scared, there is the whole, I really think they came into their own on there. Yeah, so the quote from American Psycho is, Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? They're okay. Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. taste. But when sports came out in 1983, I think they really came into their own, commercially and and artistically. Yeah. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. He's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has far more better cynical sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in that, they say that they think they became more commercially and artistically successful on silver screen. Which, which, according to the canon of this album itself, wouldn't have been released at the or created at the time of this song's recording. So I know Silver Scream is like when they blew up, but I think if you assume that Silver Scream is when they blew up, and you're taking that that quote from American Psycho, mm-hmm. you have to the, the actual album then that would be the album that was when they came into their own commercially and artistically would be Every Trick in the Book, which is when they first tried this uh, new tried formula. this method. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, you know, maybe don't contradict yourself on a concept album. That's just my opinion. But other than that, the album's good. Yeah. And I've had, there's been new singles from the band Pup and Code and Cambria, and I've enjoyed both of those. They're fantastic. Haven't heard the new Pup single. It's dope. Uh, The new Avatar singles are amazing, though. Uh, Just straight up good. I don't know if you guys know who Avatar is. They're, I think, Swedish metal band. Yeah, something like that. 12 Foot Ninja released a new album as well. That's who- Yeah, yeah, they did. It's also fantastic. 12 Foot Ninja is an Australian fusion metal band. And if the, if the genre of fusion metal confuses you... It's like fusion restaurants. You're welcome. Or fusion food. In which case, when it's done poorly, it's pretty bad. But when it's done really well, which 12 Foot Ninja does, it's amazing. And you're confused as to why it's never existed before now. And you get Elevator Muzak and Samba in the same song mm-hmm. with breakdowns. Yeah, it's great. Uh, 12 Foot Ninja new album. I've listened to it exactly twice, which is less than it deserves. It's, it's good. I can't like think of any like jump outs up right now because all I've been listening to for the past month now is Spose. I have problems. He does. He has, he has a lot of problems. I said the only things I love in life are cards and tournament arcs, but I forgot Spose. Yeah, I think that covers everything then. Cards, tournament arcs, and Spose. Am I missing anything? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, you like tabletop RPGs, but I assume you like ones that use cards better. Gamma World is one of my favorites. So why don't you have all the uh, spell deck cards and deck of many things and all the because accoutrements <laughs> you can buy for Dungeons and Dragons? I, I can explain that to you very simply, okay? They're not needed for the game at all. And they're entirely just meant to take your money. Thank you. You actually did it for me. But I still vaguely want the Druid deck of spells. Wild. Thank you. That you Amazing. So, I know you s- said you, you weren't reading anything of note, but you said you were reading manga earlier, right? Yeah. Is there literally nothing good going on in the manga world right now? I mean, there probably is. I just haven't, really. Oh, so there is good stuff happening in manga, but you're like, I'm going to go read this garbage. I don't know. I just haven't really wanted to read anything big action-heavy lately, and I haven't like found any good slice of life that I really enjoy right now. It's okay. Most of the shit that I've seen for like slice of life in like the last few years has just been, here's this girl, watch her bully this guy. Ha ha ha. Isn't this adorable? And I'm just like, this gimmick just... is slightly amusing, but no. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Like, yeah. Like Miss Nagato or something? I don't, I don't know. Um, like a Teasy Master Tagagi-san or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Don't bully me, Miss Nagatora or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what like, I was thinking of. There's more. It's just, I'm like, why? It's okay, I can't judge you. You want to know what I've been reading lately? What? For the fourth time now? 
Do, do I want to know? The King Killer Chronicles. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- they're so good. Like, so the Persevina Wallflower is going to, like, always be my favorite book, I think. I, it's, it's reached a point where it's just, like, cemented in my brain forever. Um, Stephen Jabowski's Perks of Being a Wallflower. And Neil Gaiman's my favorite author. I love all of his works I've read. Ocean at the End of the Lane is one of the best modern fantasy novels ever written. But there's just something about, like, the flow of Patrick Rothfuss's writing. Okay. It's, it's... Oh, I did just remember a manga that I literally just read the other day. Oh. That I'm I'm actually pretty okay with, and mainly it's just because of a thing I don't see a lot. So, all, it, I, was, all I was going to say about Patrick Rothfuss' writing, incredibly lyrical. Mm-hmm. Like, entire pages just feel like songs, and it just flows. Sorry, so, manga you just read yesterday. Yeah, and I'm mainly... I, I like it. Like, it's not something I super care about, but I like the fact that it exists. Okay. Does that make sense? And the manga, at least the English translation that I've seen for it, is called My Son is Probably Gay. And it's literally just a mother, like, occasionally talking to her son or something, and he'll, like, occasionally slip up, and, like, it's very obvious, at least to the reader, that her son likes men. For, is this, like, an actual manga, or is this, like, manhwa? No, it's an actual manga, which is why I'm just happy that it exists, because it doesn't approach it in a negative way. There are people who have, like, outdated views on it, like his father, who has no idea, but his mother is, like, very open to the idea, and it just wants him to be happy in life. See, this is where I was like, she doesn't know how to approach him about it, and you know, but like she's actively trying to like understand the situation and still be a good mother and just be like, it doesn't matter what his sexuality is, it doesn't matter what anyone's sexuality is. And she's basically said that to her coworkers and stuff in it. And I just appreciate that it exists, given the fact that Japan has some pretty, um, yeah. isn't so great with that in their society. In I mean, I know America's some, fucked up in but. some places in Japan, yeah, two men together cannot rent a hotel room. Mm hmm. Well, I love hotel. Uh, it actually extends to actual hotels, too. Yeah, but it's not generally as hard with oh, those ones, oh, yeah, but because, it's still likely. Because now it's legal. Mm-hmm. and So actual businesses find it harder to turn them away, but love hotels still tend to. Yeah. Anyways. So I, I just appreciate that that exists. Yeah, that's it's wild because it's from Japan. Oh, yeah. Like, also, apparently, um, after selling the first volume, because I read the manga, mangaka's note, um, and it was in between getting renewed for selling a second volume, like a collection. And selling the first one, the mangaka came out to his actual mother. And he's like, I don't know how this is going to go, but like, just the fact that I have so many readers that are willing to read this and appreciate it, I can do this now. That's kind of wild. Right? Uh, like, I just appreciate that it exists. Best of luck to that manga con. Hopefully his family doesn't ostracize him because he's gay in Japan. True. Otherwise, I think that wraps everything up for me. I don't have it. I think I've literally ran out of topics to talk about. Yep. That's all I got. So excited about the Cowboy live action, Cowboy Bebop live action show. Uh, yeah, it exists. It's not out yet, is it? It exists, like the the live action exists. Are are you upset about the potential of that, or? I have no trust in any live action form of any anime ever, no matter who makes it. Have you not seen the Japanese um, Japanese, um, Death Note movies? I have, Josh. They're better than some, but they're still not good, man. No, the the Japanese Death Note live actions are definitively good. I'm gonna get, I'm I'm gonna disagree. They're, they're decent movies. They're bad adaptations. Also, the Phil Metal Alchemist live action movie is good. I've never watched. I have That is one I have legitimately not seen. It's the leg- best one I have seen, though, is the Gintama one. Gintama was amazing. It was actually top tier. <laughs> it was surprisingly good, but I'd still probably give it like uh, maybe seven as a movie, like as, as a film, not even as an adaptation. I, I was going to I was gonna hit seven and a half out of ten on that. Yeah. So like adaptations tend not to be good like as a standalone and they generally tend to be worse adaptations as well so if you look at it as an adaptation it's bad if you look at it as a film or series itself it's middling to okay at best most of the time 
Fair points. So anyway, I'm never excited. Anyways, we're co- we've been the Copilots Review Podcast. If you would like to reach out to us directly to suggest something for us to review, a topic for discussion, or you do want to talk to us, you can reach out to us on our Discord or at our email or on our Twitter, all of which can be found at, on our website at copilotsreview.simplecast.com. But individually, our Twitter is Copilots Review. Or, you know, at Copilot's Review. Gotta get that uh, asterisk in there. That's it, not an asterisk. Is there a term for the at symbol? Does it have a special name? It definitely does. I don't know what it is. Huh. Weird. Or you can email us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. I would say thank you for flying with us, but this has been an interstitial episode. Yeah. So get, get the fuck out of the cockpit now. We'll, we'll see you in about a week and a half with another review. You can stop it now. It's just called an at mark. That's one word, though. At mark. A-T mark. Wow.